Right. So welcome uh, everyone to another edition of the Candy Talk podcast. Um, have with us today um, someone that I admire so much, someone that I've been following on, on social media, got to meet on social media, and I've been following all, all that he does. Um, we have Tunji Andrews today, and then I'm joined by one of our uh, usual panelists, uh, Jibril. Unfortunately, a few of our other panelists um, couldn't make it today. Um, something came, you know, they had a few uh, issues come up. Uh, Mondu and Stanley were not able to make it today. Um, but this promises to be uh, a very exciting um, uh, episode. Um, so, Tunji, Tunji Andrews um, is the founder of Our Bar. Um, our Bar is a Correct me if I'm wrong, Tunji. <laughs> um, our, our, our bar is a pen, is a micro pension startup in Nigeria that's aiming to revolutionize um, the pension, access to pension um, for the, what I'll call the informal, this is my understanding, the informal sector. So you're looking at like market women, informal, you know, you know, um, like welders on the side of the street, um, and, and things like, and people like that. So he's looking to cater to such uh, a market. Um, he's also a financial literacy advocate. Um, he's a macro uh, economics thought leader. Um, he's an award uh, winning media personality. <laughs> um, he's got, he's got, he's a busy man. He's a man of many parts. He's also a rapper by the I, way. I, Oh shit! I don't know who I, I. You know, you know the thing about that the profile is uh, somebody put that profile up on the internet some time yeah. ago, and I don't know who the person is. And um, everywhere I go, when I'm introduced by that same conversation, I'm always like, "Oh my god, do we have to go through all of that again?" I know. So he has. Uh, uh, these are facts. So um, he's uh, he's an on-air personality with a lot of uh, radio shows uh, across the country on Classic FM, I think, and uh, Nigerian Info, I think, amongst others. Um, So we're going to be speaking to him today on what does financial literacy mean to Nigeria? I mean, he's someone, he has a startup that's catering to Nigerians, that's trying to drive, in my opinion, financial inclusion um, in his own way. so, and he's been a financial literacy advocate for a, a few years now. So um, I feel that he's, he's in a good position to actually school us and educate us on what financial mm-hmm. literacy is and what it means to Nigerians. So um, Tunji, I'll first start by asking, what is financial literacy? You know, because we hear this, we hear this word being bandied about all the time. I hear it all the time. What, what does it mean to be financially literate? Um, so it's, it's, it means a lot of things to many people. Financial literacy is a basic, um, ability to, um, have financial understanding of, um, simple things of how money works. Um, and, and usually financial literacy is personal. Uh, it's, it's usually around your personal finances, your personal money habits, your personal um, upkeep with funds and finances and things like that. So it's about how you're able to save money, how you're able to um, grow money, um, how you're able to also um, 
maximize the use of the money you have. So you have a hundred naira, for instance, and um, by understanding how the financial system works, there are places you could put in that hundred naira and it will grow. There are places you could put in that hundred naira and just not doing anything, it depletes. Uh, and there are some places where it doesn't deplete physically in terms of how it's in it, but it depletes in terms of um, total value um, of what it can buy. Because uh, at the end of the day, money is a concept. Uh, money is what you agree that money is. If, uh, if we all decide today that this pen is money, it becomes money. So we decide that one of this pen is able to buy a car. As long as we all collectively agree that you can buy a car, then you can buy a car. Um, so, so those those are the concepts concepts around financial literacy. But for a lot of times, it starts from just the simple savings, and then it starts to um, graduate into things like uh, investments and then um, legacy uh, savings and trusts and, and things like that. But it usually starts from savings, and it's entirely personal for for a lot of the conversations. Okay, so so when you say it's entirely personal, that, that that jumped at me. I've never really heard it been put that way. You know, a lot of times when I hear about financial literacy, people just say, "Oh, it's you know." I think it usually they usually end at the first line that you've you've uh, said about you know the ability to understand how money works and how it can work for you, ability to understand how credit can work for you and stuff like that. Um, but I've actually never heard it being put in the way you put it, which is that personal angle to it. So, so when you say well. Yeah, go ahead. When you say personal, well, well, yeah. So, so you see, um, the reason is simple. A lot of people confuse the concept of business a lot and finance and literacy, because to the person looking from outside, everything is the same. So, if they say it's a business show, yeah, for instance. Because I, I get this a lot because I, 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 I was very active in the media. Yeah. It's a business show. The person automatically believes that the show encompasses everything. So if I tell, if I want to find out what derivatives are, I can call into a business show to find out what derivatives are. Um, if it's a business show, I can call in to ask what uh, bonds are. But you see, the thing is that, um, unfortunately, a lot of people who then are in the media space don't understand this concept properly. Yeah. So that I am an economist gives me a broad eye perspective to a lot of things, but also because I worked in the capital market. So I'm able to understand the simple differences between um, bonds, stocks, and things like that. So I understand investments. But also, a financial literacy advocate is someone that teaches you the rudiments of money. How do you save two and two naira to make seven naira? How do you save, um, um, you know, how, how do you plan for your retirement? How do you save up enough to get that mortgage? How do you take advantage of the system to be able to make sure that it doesn't take advantage of you? Yeah. Those are issues around financial literacy, and it, that's why it is personal. But when you want to start talking about things like um, derivatives, for instance, I mean, 
it will be difficult for me to see someone who's an individual who lives a normal everyday life, who's not involved in the financial services sector, to be contenting themselves with derivatives. It's not as if derivatives is, is rocket science, but it's just not your cup of tea. So um, narrowing it down to how it affects you in your day-to-day -day life, um, how, so there was, there was an ad we did for the last radio show, um, okay. uh, uh, Money, Business, and Economy. Yeah. So the, 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 the jingle was, um, you hear business news every day, money going up, indices going down, prices going round and round, but what does this mean to your income? And that is what everybody wants to know. And that is really the crux of financial literacy. All this jargons, the government just did this, GDP went there. How does this affect me? That is what financial literacy is really about. All the rest are parts and branches of finance that affect larger issues. Financial literacy in itself is about how the person is able to relate directly with money. And that is why it is the core of financial inclusion, because people who know better have the ability to do better. So in the core of it, yeah, it's, it's entirely personal. Wow. Wow. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So what I understand from what you're saying is that it is personal because, uh, like I said, I've never heard it being put that way, but it is personal because it it is how, obviously, everyone's journey is, is unique. So it's because of, it's how the individual kind of like, um, sort of like, um, should I say respond? Oh, I wanted to say react, but respond to the economy, the economic situation or the economic environment around him. Because, exactly. Yeah. So because individuals are unique. You know, it's mm -hmm. yeah. So it's because of, all right, okay. So it's because of the fact that individuals uniquely are you un have unique circumstances and as such, the way they react to the economic uh, the economy around them will be best tailored to them. So that's why financial literacy is is it's personal. Yeah, that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense to me. So so can can I just ask then? Let, moving on to uh, then my next question: Why why do you? Why do you care so much about financial literacy? Why? <laughs> yeah, honestly, what, what, what was it? What was it? Because you're, you're, you're definitely, you're not the only, you're not the only economist. Surely not. Obviously, we're, we're, country, yeah. we're a country of millions. Um, mm -hmm. There are many people like yourself who are in the space that you are, who just want to basically, who are concerned about just getting their own bread. As we say, I just get, <laughs> just get in, get in ahead in life. I don't begrudge them. I don't, I don't begrudge them at all. Yeah, so, yeah. My, so my question is, why, why, why do you care so much about financial literacy? What, what, what's, what's behind? What, 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 what pushes you? Okay, so what pushes? I think the, I think the first thing, um, I think this was it. It spans from when I first entered the capital market. And it was confusing. Um, you could literally be in a room where people were speaking English and you had no clue what they were talking about. Uh, you know, they're saying things like the trajectory, the uh, the year-on-year -year growth of the inverse AUM is... I'm like, yo, <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys talking about? And And, you know, as I started to learn... I said to even be more confused. So why can't you guys just speak English? As in, really, why, why, why? 
I mean, it really kill you. You speak English everywhere else. Why, why don't you speak English here? Um, and I realized that it almost felt like if you spoke English, your money you spent on your education was wasted. You know, it, 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 if, you, if you were not given those terms and those acronyms, you know, people will not feel that this guy knows what he's talking about or this woman knows what she's talking about. So it started just with me just being fed up with people being confused about the very easy conversations and me trying to explain it to them. And I think one of the largest parts where I think I, the, the love itself pretty much blossomed was when Nigeria rebased its GDP. I mean, I've been doing those conversations for a while yeah. and my conversations were really top level conversations. I was, I was, you know, talking about, you know, Nigeria's trajectory, how we could, uh, Nigeria could have joined the BRICS, uh, which is Brazil, uh, Russia, Russia, India, India. And, and China. Yeah. And then South Africa joined them at some point and became BRICS. And then we're saying that Nigeria should join them to, Brinks, you know, to be Brinks, Brinks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. So, so those were my conversations at the time. Um, but then the GDP thing happened. And for me, I was like, yo, it's, it's GDP. I, I mean, like, it's not a serious issue. Yeah. But it was like, oh, we're the largest economy in Africa. Oh, they're lying. You know, and I was like, yo, guys, calm down. What's going on? <laughs> and, you know, it was Twitter. Twitter, you know, Twitter is not like you used is Twitter now is not what it used to be. Yeah. It used to be a lot more. It used to be a lot more intellectual back in the day. So you kind of feel this is an intellectual class that is this confused about a simple subject. So I told, I, I, I remember saying that day, I was like, you know what? Um, after I'm done with my meetings this morning, I would explain what this GDP means. And I spent the next like three months explaining it regularly. So somebody else will come after they see the thread, they will not be like, please, no vex. This thing, <laughs> how does it, you know? And largely, it's decided to become one radio station would invite. Please come and explain it to us. We don't get it. Mm. TV station would invite. And I just started. And, you know, I, I, somewhere deep down, I, I know I like to teach. I, I have taught in the past. I will teach in the future. Mm. So I kind of just enjoyed the teaching. And after that point, I realized there was so much people just did not know. And it wasn't like it was hidden from people. It was just, it was right there, you know? But unfortunately, people in the financial system make it hard for people outside to understand it. I don't know if it is a deliberate act. I think it is deliberate. Um, but either ways, the financial services system is built to keep people out, you know, from understanding the basics of finance. So I... I I, I just felt, you know, I would continue to, um, you know, share my thoughts on it. And then one radio station calls me and says, hey, could you do this for us? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure I have the time. They're like, um, it's only 15 minutes, 6.45 to 7 a.m. Just come in before you go to work. You know, I'm like, okay, are you going to pay me? They say, yeah, definitely. I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> why, why would I not do it? Um, and that was that was a smooth FM. We did that for a bit. Um, then my uh, what's the name? Classic FM and Lagos Talks too were like, yo, let's do this. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then Nigerian Info comes and like, yo, in Danny TV, I did in Danny TV for some time. Bloomberg Africa also called at some point. Um, ah. But in all of it, it was just me trying to explain very basic things. You know, because in the finance world, what I'm explaining is not very deep. It's it like I'm still just explaining the basics, you know, but I just also realize how much of a problem those basics are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, 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 it's just a thing, you know, and if there's nobody that's going to do it, um, there's no help, there's no hope. You know, I, I wish, I wish, because now that I'm drop, I'm dropping the core of radio financial literacy behind, I kind of wish that I, I mentored a lot of people to take over. But I think there, there are many more people doing it now. Um, although not in mainstream, they're doing it as businesses. Uh, my f- very good friend, uh, Tosi Alasengi with Money Africa, um, yeah. she's doing it also now. Um, uh, and quite a few other people. I wish I'd put more people on radio to be doing this because it just needs, you know, it's just those feedback that you get from time to time of people saying things like, yay, I almost put my money in this team. Ah, thank you. You know, those kind of things. It's, it's always, I, I remember I was at the beach one time and this guy and his wife, it was, it was Yuletide season. Mm. And he came up to me and he was like, two Andrews. I was like, yeah, you know, you're never really sure with the person who is saying your name is. You don't know if it's, I know. You don't know if it's SSS or something. They want to carry you down. <laughs> so you have to be careful. You're like, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, who's asking? And then the girl was like, yeah, you know, like all that. That he listens to my show from ne- the Netherlands or something. Oh. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, that he, he that's the way he connects to Nigeria's economy from the Netherlands. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Like, thank you for, st- you know, coming and say this because, yes, this is, this is, this feels good. You know, so I, I think we've done a bit, but there's still a lot more to be done, especially with the latest explosion of scam platforms all over the place. Um, I wish we could do more. Um, but right now, I, I think I was, I, we, 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 at least with our, our bar, we, we, our, um, our product is one that is tied to financial literacy. So we will be doing some of that, but I wouldn't entirely be the face of it anymore as I used yeah. to be, because now yeah. it's a company, yep. you know, but yeah, we'll still do what we can. We'll still do what we can. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's very important because um, I think, one of the things that you said that, that struck me was about the whole the reason because I've I've worked in financial industry here too for a few years now. Um and you're right. And it's something that actually here in the financial industry in the UK, they are actually daily fighting against, you know, the use of jargons, reduce the use of jargons, they reduce mm. the use of jargons, reduce the use of jargons, you know, be able to have a conversation with the person on the street on how money works. And they're actually working towards it which is you know credit to them um there is far less use of jargons than than there used to be like 10 years ago and people like uh virgin money 
and people like Richard Branson, he came and, you know, he just started using everyday language when he entered the money space as well and stuff like that. You know, he likes to, he he likes to, (laughs) he likes to shake up things as well. Um, so I just, I, I, I'm just curious, is it, could it be, cause I've actually thought about it myself. Could it, could the reason why, um, the financial industry kind of wraps everything up in jargon, could it be because they are sort of trying to preserve their area of specialization? Cause, cause if you're, if you're known for something, right. If you're, if you're a specialist in an area, you know, you want to keep that advantage, don't you? So I mean, could it be could it be that it's not something? It's not necessarily like it's an untoward. They're not trying to be. They're not trying to hide some. It's not like some conspiracy theory that they're trying to hide something. People from the hide information from the people, but they're mm-hmm. act, but they're actually. Is it just a higher level of? Is it just a higher level of education that one was attained at a certain? Point? My point is, is this something that can easily be generalized? Or something that you must have attained a particular status or a particular educational background before you welcome into that particular space. Exactly. So, so could you? Could you um, I, I was, I was going to add. I was just going to say, could it be? Could it be what I've just said, or what? You, could it be what Jibel just said, or the fact that they're actually trying to say, you know what? If we're going, if we make it simple for everyone, that's what they think. If we make it simple for everyone, then why would we want to come to us again? I don't know. To be, learn about it. Yeah. That 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 is that could be it. Yeah. That could be it. Um another thing about it is so there's an exam you write to be um there's there's an exam that you know like the accounting uh, the icon yeah. of the ACCA yeah. of the financial world, um CFA. CFA, yeah. So CFA is pretty much preparing you to be a um, asset manager, uh, chief economist, kind of like that. You know, yeah. to be able to look at funds and manage wealth, investment officer, things like that. Mm. And it's a very hard exam to pass. All the models are very, very difficult. Mm. Are, are, aren't, they, uh, the prop- aren't they just like two hundred thousand people or something? Like in the yeah, whole- yeah, very difficult. I mean, yeah, I've seen very people few. who. I've seen guys who have started and, you know, they'll try this first time, second time, third time, fail, and they'll be like, you know, it's not really necessary to do this thing. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you uh, see, the thing is, in the real truth of it, right? Yeah. You don't go to school to learn how to trade. I know people are going to kill me for this right now. And somebody's going to tell me I'm, I'm ignorant. Because <laughs> I'm going to say this in this way. I think the most I learned was really around um, experience. Mm-hmm. So you know this apprenticeship system. Yeah. You take your boy from the village, you bring him to Lagos, and you mm-hmm. put him at the store, and he learns how to Honestly, that can work in the capital market. And I'm not even joking. The person can speak English. You bring the person from the village. You bring the person to Lagos. The person doesn't know anything. Starts working at normal um, um, client services. And then the person is diligent. The person can learn the ropes all the way to the top. Because 
a lot of these things are better understood for a lot of the people in the sev- in the financial services industry by actually experiencing them. Um, the only way you can best talk about a crash is being in a crash. Yeah. The only way you can talk about dividends is if one was just issued. So the next time a dividend is issued, you know how you know the ropes. You know what happened the last time. You know how to explain it. Um, uh, a, a company just went public, an IPO. You saw the last one happen. You experienced it with your team. It's the way many people learn how to do these things. So people realize that the difficulty to get in wasn't all that necessary. <laughs> right. Right. It wasn't as necessary as they thought, you know? Hmm. It wasn't like it put them on one magical pedestal because a guy who um, is diligent and is, you know, putting his eye to the ground and just has a BSc could know as much as you do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways to be able to, and you know, the great thing about it, Hires are still done based on years of experience. And the reason why years of experience is crucial in the financial services sector more than anywhere else is that if you've been in the financial services sector for 10 years, for instance, you would have done some M&As, you would have done some, you know, underwritings, you would have seen how this person did that, you know, you would have experienced it over the 10-year period. Yeah. So it's really not about what you went to school to learn, which of course is like that for many you know, institution. So how do we keep the, um, the, uh, what's that word now? The, um, the mystery around our industry. <laughs> how do you do We use it? a lot of acronyms. <laughs> we, know, we use a lot of acronyms. I love it. So, buzzwords. Exactly. So it's, it's all about the buzzwords and those buzzwords make no sense. So I say year on year. Why am I saying year on year? I could just say yearly. It means exactly the same thing, <laughs> but one makes sense. One, the other doesn't. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it is it's uh, it's it's just too many things. It's too many. And you know, one of the things I learned immediately I entered the space was whenever I spoke to people and they were like, "What does this thing mean?" And I'm like, "This is what it means." They're like. Oh, why didn't you just say so? Exactly. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> why didn't you just say it? <laughs> I, I said, well, I did. You just think, you just didn't understand what I was saying, you know. And uh, it, it's it's that thing. It's that thing. Financial literacy uh, across the world. It's a it's a problem, um, and that's why I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the millennial, uh, you know, and lower. Uh, move to try and demystify the conversations. Yeah. The older guys don't like it. No, the older not. guys still want to have it be, you know, AUM, you know, uh, exclusive. 56 basis, you know, three basis points, 300 three basis, basis points. points. Yeah. I'm like, y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all. What's the need <laughs> for it? There's no need. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I'm still here. Maybe somebody will tell me like in a couple of years, but I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I, I'm tired of it, but it, 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 in Nigeria, we seem to be doubling down on it. If, if we're not doing it, it's, 
And you know, there's even even in the presentations, it's like the guy comes and he's in front of the board, and then he's you know, you know. So uh, if you look at uh, uh, Q3, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And and, and it's, it's, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go and ahead. you know when they come when they come on my radio show, um, and we're talking. Sometimes I get carried away because I understand what he's saying yeah. or she's saying. Yeah. Because they're speaking all those economic speak. Yeah. Then in the middle of it, I catch myself and I'm like, yo, my listeners won't get what he's talking about. And we're just jargoning here. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what, what does that mean? Then you now realize that they really can't explain it. You know, they say if you can't explain something to a two-year-old, you don't understand it. Yeah. Right? I, I, so I'm like... Really. So what, what you, when you say, okay, can you explain what that is? Then you ask the person go back and person like, um, um, um so uh, it's like, um, you, you kind of get that the person that has <laughs> found comfort in those buzzwords and never really dug deep to find out what those buzzwords actually mean. So mm. they themselves don't really fully understand the concepts of what they're saying. Mm. So it's a problem. And you want to also think about the fact that these are the people you trust with your money. Exactly. I think I think it's that thing again. <laughs> I know it, it, it is scary. Yeah. It's scary. I think it's that it's that thing about uh, Nigeria and, and our roots education. You know, the whole we cram to learn. We just we just cram at uni. So if they say AAA is what you need to know, you don't need you don't care to know why is AAA. We don't ask one question. We don't ask in Nigeria, and it was beating and. Punished. <laughs> it was it was punished out, out of out of us is why why we we, we it was beaten out of us and punished out of us you know that concept of asking why <laughs> so i think i think it will be socialized to that point that we're now adults and we're just like um when people ask why you look at them funny like why are you asking why it's just, <laughs> yeah, just, it's just how it works yeah it's just exactly that's it just, that's just it. get on with it sorry sorry jibril you wanted to say something jibril um, yes, I wanted to ask um, Tunji, based on his experience and, you know, relating with people, regular people in quotes, whether we don't have um, an access to the buzzwords and all the fancy things around financial literacy, I wanted him to just explain to us why it is important from both a social standpoint and economic standpoint for majority of people that are living in this economy, you know, to have the financial literacy in terms of how what that long term can contribute to us socially and also economically. So, um, very good question. There, there are multiple layers to this. There are multiple layers to this question. Very, very good question. And I'll, I'll start from the the last mile, uh, which is another buzzword we created, um, and it just means the the poorest of the poor. Um, so for those people, they understand a few things, and this is, this is another, you know, this, this is a, a wider conversation that I've started to have with a lot of people in, in the sector. Um, so when we say financial inclusion, what we are trying to say is we want people to use the financial system that we created. They have a financial system. They have your Isusu, they have your jaw, they have your woman that carries a big book with a bag around her neck, 
so they understand that. So in the terms of, I, I buy one biro for five Naira, I sell it for 750, they understand that. Unit economics, they understand it. Why they should understand financial literacy is really around the leverage of money. Understanding the use of money is different from understanding the leverage of money. Um, so Aliko Dangote is the richest man in Nigeria, at least on official numbers. But Aliko doesn't use his money to spend, build everything he's built it. He uses, he's just built a refinery. Everybody's falling over themselves to be part of the refinery right now. He probably put maybe a tenth of his money into that thing. Maybe, maybe, I don't even know if it's up to a tenth. He got banks and everything to fund it. Now NMPC has bought shares. Everybody, you know, falling over themselves to give money. That is the leverage of money. A lot of people in that lower or the lowers don't understand this leverage. I was just talking to a woman who is in the log making, uh, log industry. So basically like, people who like fell trees. Okay. Yes, yeah. lumber. Yeah. Lumber. So she uh, fell trees and she sells them. She cuts them up and then she sells them. She's been doing this for the last maybe 30 years or so. Her daughter, you know, was talking to me and, you know, the daughter was saying that, you know, she just found that her mom was just stashing money in a savings account. She was like, yo, you're wasting money. Mm-hmm. Like she now had to, you know, go to the bank, you know, force them to create a high yield, uh, high interest uh, bank account for her. And... Um, I mean, she said the woman sent her to school based on, you know, business in this lovemaking industry, uh, this uh, lumber industry. Yeah. Well, you see, this woman can do a lot more with the kind of inflow she does. She can build multiple industries without leverage. She can, you know, have multiple houses without leverage. You know, she could set her daughter up to do many more things without leverage. But she just understands, collect, Keep, use and buy, collect, keep, use and buy. And that is a very linear way of, you know, one dimensional way of thinking about money. There's the use of money. There's the leverage of money. Um, There's also debt, you know, how you can use debt to really grow what you have. Because a lot of Nigerians are poor um, and many of them do a lot of cash flow. So the woman that is selling Ogi, you know, she keeps, I don't know, 500 naira with the adjunct woman every month. You know, she saves a little bit of that. That is enough for her to be able to get access to credit of maybe 100,000 naira. But because she doesn't know how money works, she can't go and get access to that. What she would rather get is a loan shark who is going to charge her maybe 6 7% per month. And then she gets stuck because she can't pay back after a while. While really she could actually get maybe 19% per annum from a bank and pay with ease. So you see, there's, there's how that money works is very important for a lot of people. Um, right now, we start, we've just seen the um, entry into the country of loan apps everywhere. Yeah. Now, um, the, the second layer of that is the um, pay small, small. Those ones have just entered. 
you guys that are outside the country know what credit scores are. A lot of Nigerians don't know that there is a credit score yet. Many of them are going to borrow money from these people. They can't pay back because the interest rates are too ridiculous. Um, and then they just, right now, those, those companies are using the name and shame system, but also sending your name to the registry, you know? So you have a bad uh, rap on, in the financial services sector. You don't know, you're, you're destroying your, your future basically just because you collected 6,000 naira, <laughs> 6,000 naira, think imagine, about it. Imagine. So, so there's, there's so much, there's so much happening that people are taking advantage of people in savings accounts. There's no reason why our savings accounts should be buried 1% per annum. But the central bank says that's what they want to do. I tell you, you can't keep your money in a savings account. You need to put it somewhere else that will beat inflation. If you don't know this, you would keep it there. At least my money is in the bank. I remember the linear way most people think about money. Collect, keep, spend. They're actually getting poorer. They're getting poorer that way. So you reason for financial literacy is that it, one, exposes you on how to use money. Then it also helps you avoid those things that make you poor. Inflation devaluation effects of it. So you're able to actively avoid those things. For people who are earning a lot more, they are lucky because their earning power may be able to, it's like, it's like gravity. Gravity is pulling you down. But there's, you have jets, jet, uh, jet propellers under your shoes. They are pushing you upwards. Mm. You know, your, your, your decent salary is what is keeping you in the air. But gravity keeps pushing, trying to pull you back down. The gravity in this context is like inflation and devaluation and all of it, trying to make you poor. Now, imagine people who don't have those jet skis, what gravity is doing to them. It's not only keeping them grounded, it's also trying to pull them into the ground. You know, so that is the reason why financial literacy is very, very important for, for everybody, not just the last mile, but for everybody, it's different levels, different levels of understanding what it should be doing for you. And the biggest case is use of money. If you don't know how to use money, wow. Nigeria is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's something you just said. There's something so, you just so, said. So, okay, sorry. Okay. Uh, because I, I wanted to tell you. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, there's something you just said that, there's something that you said as part of that example of the woman that does. By the way, you could use login because you see, I just caught myself doing the same thing with precisely just now. When I said lumber, when I said lumber, <laughs> the Nigerians, Nigerians, Nigerians don't. It's lumber is more an American term, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it just, is, I just, it caught, I just caught myself doing exactly what we're criticizing. So please, yeah. let's let's use the login as yes. So the woman that deals with like you know the login, that example is so powerful for me because the way you've explained it, not only does it help her, but you see the whole concept is that the economy gains gains more when there's more financial activity so exactly when, exactly when she leverages one financial level activity birds another one with birds three which birds four which birds exactly. Six. So, exactly so imagine if imagine if she was like yo because from what i hear she has a lot of money stashed up that she don't i mean she doesn't need it right like that's she's dead, she's that's, like, dead yeah. that's dead capital essentially you get so it's it's the kind of things where she's she could even say 
what's the laziest form of investment? Okay, she builds like, I don't know, like 20 houses across the country and is just taking rental income for it. She builds the house. The people who are going to build the house are going to gain money from building the house. Um, the people who are going to rent the house are going to be able to have houses to rent. Um, she's going to pay taxes to the government. That is just economic activity multiplied on several uh, uh, levels. So she wouldn't know she needs to do that if she's not being told she needs to do that. Because for her, looking at that stash in the bank account, there are people who, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you must have heard about people who just check their account balance once in a while and just smile and just drop their phone <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's it's good. I think it's it's, it's probably it's probably one of the most stupid things to do. Yeah. Um, because if you ask people like Aliko Dangote and the rest, I'm not sure they have up to 50 million in their bank accounts. 100%. You know, it's like the real cash stored up in assets because that's that's the way you know. Because there's this there's this thief there's there's this thief that is like trying to steal your money and it's called inflation. It's regularly you know, it's taking out your money on a regular basis. So keeping it and, you know, looking at it regularly, is just a very stupid move, you know? So you have to think about that. And those, those are the concepts of financial. And, you know, people like Aliko, they don't get to where they are without knowing all these things, yeah. you know? They don't, they don't get it. After a while, you kind of realize that you even walk up to them and say, uh, uh, you please, can you give me like $2 million there? And he's like, yo, man, I don't have any cash. And you're thinking, ah, this guy is stingy. Ah, <laughs> just two million. Two. And you're a billion, billion, billion. And he's telling you the truth. He doesn't have the cash. He doesn't have the cash. He has assets. And the whole reason why you want to keep money in assets is because of those kind of two million, those two K, please give me two K there. So because you know that before you go out, exactly. So before you go out, you know, liquidate it, you know the process. So you're like, I don't have. It's easier that way. And it's true. It's so true. So can, can I just ask another question? Um, so, you know, what is there a relationship, right? How do I put this? Um, is there a relationship between financial inclusion? Because I was just looking at the figures. Apparently, about 115 million Nigerians are now banked, right? I, I think I, I read that on Naira Metrics. I don't know. I think it was figures based off of uh, NIBBS. I don't know. Nibs. Nibs. Nibs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nibs. Yeah. Okay. Another, another, another acronym there. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. So, um, so what, is, there, is there a direct relationship between a level of financial inclusion and financial literacy? Does, does financial inclusion increase... Um, financial literacy, or does it do nothing really to financial literacy? Just shit, just because I, I have this conversation a lot. The reason why I'm asking this is because a lot of times when I hear people having a conversation about financial literacy, the first thing they talk about is, oh, we have a low, we have a very low, we have an exclusionary, or we have, we have a system that excludes a lot of people from the financial system. But the way you've described financial literacy today, yeah. kind of like leads me to believe that, so I'm not going to pre preempt your answer, but I'll just ask. So it's it's actually the other way around. You know. Okay, Jibu wants to add to it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. To 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 add to it to give it a branch because, for example, the financial institutions that Tunji was 
practically telling us to be wary of <laughs> terms of <laughs> regular banking system and whatnot, where people, you know, that's what people normally would think of when it comes to, oh, I have some cash, I have some money, and what to do with it. I don't think they do enough in terms of making people see different angles to which, you know, that's financial literacy itself, which money can actually work for them. So my question will be two, two pronged, and it's an addition to what Barney said. Is it the responsibility of government? Is it the responsibility of financial services? Or is it the responsibility of, you know, social service people like NGOs and people like yourself to actually go about educating people? And answering that question will also answer some parts of the second one, which is yeah. at what level do you think is best for financial literacy? Something we need to imbibe in our traditional educational system. And at what level do you think will make the, you know, will have the largest form of propagation? Or is it something that we want to mm. educate people socially through mediums like apps, having casual conversations, or speaking to um, groups, agile groups, and whatnot? Mm. So, so this, so, so, the, so the questions are so, basically. I know, I, I, I wrote them down. I wrote okay, them down. Cool, yeah. Cool, so, cool. the first question is um, Does uh, financial literacy, uh, financial inclusion increase financial literacy? I think it's the other way around. Ah. Financial literacy actually is what improves financial inclusion. Um, so I remember the, the beginning of Cashless Lagos um, yeah. when the, the CBN said it wanted to push financial inclusion to uh, 80%. So it decided that um, it was going to roll out a campaign. And of course, I'm going to ask all the questions because all the questions are, are interlinked. Yeah. And it was going to roll out a campaign and get everybody you know, included. But there was a problem. In this plan, they didn't decide whose responsibility it was to financially educate people. <laughs> the banks felt it was CBN's job. CBN felt the banks are the ones that have the product, so they should do it. So eventually, nobody did it. <laughs> um, so what we have right now is that we have people outside selling products, not financially educating people. So they sell products with incentives rather than actually make people understand why they should use those products. So. I come into a market and I promise everybody in the market loans. And I tell them, all you have to do is open an account to our bank. You know, just use the account, you know, and anybody that has done, tried to get a loan from Nigerian bank knows what I'm talking about. They say, just be, you know, let the account be, you know, doing transactions for like, you know, some three, six months. Six months, one then year. Then we'll give you a loan. <laughs> yeah, six months, one year, we'll give you a loan. He knows or she knows what she's saying is bullshit. Forgive my French. Oh. But, but the person needs to sell accounts. The person needs to open accounts for their job to be secure. So the person dangles the carrots. You fall for it because you, you need to be, you too, you now be actively letting money pass through the account, pass through the account. Then you now get to that point, you now realize, you now go to them and say, I want a loan. You now realize that they are passing money through the account. It's, it's, it's a small part of it, but it's not the real reason they give you the loan. 
<laughs> you're not wondering why did I waste all that time? Mm. So we have people selling products. We have nobody financially educating people. Um, the people who are financially educating people also have started to monetize financial education. So join my class. I'll teach you how to make money. <laughs> yep. Um, I, don't, I don't think this is a bad thing. And of course, a, a, a laborer is worthy of his wages. Absolutely. Um, but you see, a nation cannot grow with monetized financial literacy. It can't grow with monetized financial literacy. Monetized financial literacy is, I want to learn about crypto. Where can I go to learn? Oh, there's a course on so-so-so app, uh, so-so-so website. I can pay for and learn about crypto. Oh, I want to learn about uh, derivatives. There's a place I can go to and learn about derivatives. So that is how paid financial literacy can work. But when it comes to Mukaila in Mushi, who is um, a barber in his local area, doesn't have a bank account, you know, uses his, uh, he saves it under his mattress or something. Mm. That does, Mukaila is not going to pay you 10K to come out. Learn what, as in how, how are you going to do that? <laughs> you know, so, so, Paid financial literacy is for the elites who are trying to expand their financial knowledge. Mm -hmm. Financial literacy in itself as a national conversation needs to be a policy issue. Um, I mean, some of us have been doing it for free for years. I, I used to have something on Twitter called the Money Masterclass back in the day where every Saturday I'll just take a topic and share. Yeah, I, I, rem I remember that. I remember that. Um, and, you know, for me, a lot of the time, I was like, you know, I didn't want to be the only one doing that. I felt there should be many people. But at some point, I had to stop because I felt I was now being, I was now becoming the one that was, you know, anybody had any money issue, it will come to me. It's like, I'm not <laughs> the Jesus of, of financial issues. Right? I'm just trying to share, you know. Um, then... To the question of what level, what the financial industry gives us is the ability to multiply wealth. There is different levels of the financial industry. So there's the informal financial industry. And when I say the informal financial industry, I'm talking about, let me even start from our Igbo brothers. He brings somebody from the East, the person comes to Lagos, he teaches the person, the person learns how to, you know, do the business, you know, raises that competence level in, in, in the area of inventory, um, uh, product procurement and things like that. Also elevates their level of understanding in terms of marketing, sales, uh, then they, they now even start to do international trade where they start to even get the products from outside Nigeria. But you see, the most amazing part of this system for me is that system where when you are, he's now, they call it freedom. 
Yeah. When he's now about to go free, and the right to leave. you crowdfund and give him cash. That's like VC funding. That's the that's the craziest form of VC funding ever. No. Where the VC teaches you how to do the business, then gives you money to go and do the business. You know, that's yeah. that's, a, that's madness. It's like so. That is a part of the financial services industry that we need to cultivate and grow. Hmm. There is also um, the area where market women, market people, have for years and years how they get to pay for things. So they want to pay for a shop, they want to rent a new house, they want to buy a new machine. They have the Ajo, um, Alajo. Yeah, I know that's what it's called in, in the Yoga parlance. Yeah. The Alajo who comes with a bag, collects money, and at the end of the month, the Alajo takes one of the contributions. So if you're contributing every month, every day, so 30 days, yeah. then the Alajo will take one day of your contributions as the payment. Then you take 29 days, you know. That is financial industry. But you see, why the um, financial services industry works is that it's a larger pool of money coming in but then it enables my money that came into this bank account service you to go and do your project. Then you bring money back, you pay the bank. The bank is still able to give me some interest rate on top of the money I just put down. Mm. Um, so wealth is built more with that larger pool. And you know, if I'm able to look at billions, it's easy for me to allocate thousands. 100%. As against, I'm looking at thousands yeah. and people want me to allocate thousands. You get? So, at that level, we want those people to bring their um, their trade, which is in billions of Naira on a weekly basis, by the way. Wow. We want their trade to come into the financial out. You, you, let me show you how I know. So, there's one of these um, payment systems. Hmm. They, they are a so they're like a flutter wave, but more like they're more focused on informal payments, right. agency banking. Okay. So I was talking to the CEO of one recently, and he showed me his transactions for the month. <laughs> I was like, yo, are you sure we should still continue with this hour? <laughs> I collect the real bar. <laughs> you know, collect the real bar. Because this is what we're doing. We're working for, we're working for humanity. Yeah, you know, in the real yeah. sense of it. Should we just go and collect? Because I saw he had done, he had processed payments of over a trillion naira. Wow. Over a trillion naira. In what time? Is that, is that from when he is? In started? that week. What? Wow. And this is entirely for wow. markets. Um, computer village, um, Akbobon, Alaba, those kind of markets, just those simple. I won't transfer money, give this person, uh, give me this amount, you know, I, I won't, I won't withdraw 10,000 naira. Person had trans done a trillion naira. Wow, we want that money wow. in the financial That's services incredible. space. I, 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 I like that. The fintechs are doing well. Although I have a problem with the way the fintechs want to do it. Everybody's trying to create their solutions on their own. Although I'm glad that uh, 
a few guys are now trying to harmonize those in uh, those services transaction yeah. flows yeah. yeah because we need those flows to be maybe not aggregated to one place but at least let let's be able to see the money going in the sector so that we can know what we can allocate to people that is how we can create more wealth so in that thinking is that i now have i know that one one hundred a hundred billion goes through a particular place in Agigi every week. A hundred billion. I know that a hundred billion circulates in that Agigi area. So I can now deploy more financial services products to that place. To the people that are doing these financial products, I can go and issue them things like retirement savings. I can go and issue them things like um, long-term loans, leases, um, um, credit cards. I can go and issue them things like, you know, uh, mortgages. You know, I, I, I could do many things because I know these people have the money. And that is why I think financial inclusion is important. That is the biggest reason why I think financial inclusion is important. It's not just because I want people to know about money. But if we are all, if we aggregate our money together, it is better for all of us as a whole. Yeah. You get because yeah. if if you yeah. know some of us, I was in an, an accelerator recently, and there's a, a startup that was talking about so the startups it's a it's a credit score system. What the credit cost score system is, they go to markets and track people's spending and are able to create a credit score for them based on it. They're not in Nigeria anyway, they're in Uganda. Uh, um, but you know the thing I, I was amazed about because he did a pitch, you know, at a point, and he was saying that the woman has not been able to gain access to more than thirty dollars loan since, uh, with ten years banking, ten years doing um, using Impesa, but her transactions show that she should be at least able to get $8,000 in credit. Wow. But because there's nobody aggregating all those, she does in PESA today, she does this one tomorrow, she does this. There's no way to measure. Exactly. You know, that those kind of things. So that is what the financial industry really, really does for you. You know, all of us come together, we can, we have a BVN, we can, you know, check across the banks that you do business and we say, mm, we can give you two million or mm, we can give you a hundred thousand. That is what the system needs. I need to be able to say, I want to get a house. I do enough transactions to not pay 30% um, equity contribution. I should just go and collect the key. You know that can, I do enough transactions to go and just collect the key. That is what I believe it's financial. So for in, in the question is, nobody's taking charge of financial inclusion. Nobody. And financial inclusion is what's, uh, sorry, uh, financial literacy, nobody's taking charge of it. Financial literacy is what spurs financial inclusion because it's me knowing that makes me do better, you know? And then on the level, for people like us, we're just recycling our financial inclusion uh, our financial systems 
It's those people at the bottom of the ladder that are doing heavy loads of cash that we need to bring and, you know, make this pool bigger for all of us. So what you just explained now is just, it's just so sensible to me that I wonder why the players in the industry are not doing anything about it. Because what you said, okay, so if, if financial literacy leads to, which makes sense, it makes logical sense that if I know more about the benefits of something, I'm going to Fantastic. do more. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to participate towards it. Exactly. I'm going to participate more in it. Now, why aren't they doing more of it? It's just, <laughs> I'll tell it, you why. I'll tell yeah. you why. It's, it's simple. It's simple. Um, it's also the reason why I came to do our bar. I was going to ask you about our bar as well. Like, you know, what, what's been your experience? Our, our bar was, our bar was a, a main frustration for me in terms of why is micro pensions not moving? Why the hell do we have 35 million people without retirement savings? And nobody's pushing it. Nobody sees it as a product to push. You know, and I kept saying it. And at some point, I think I was somewhere, somewhere, and I was, you know, saying it to somebody, and I was really feeling like I was dropping points. And the person says, why don't you do it? I'm like, eh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, and, 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 you know, it's never left me until we created the product. But I'll tell you why. The financial services industry thinks in, Profit and loss. Profit and loss in yearly basis. So I'm thinking if I'm going to spend 30 naira on this, I must be able to get 20 naira or at least, I must be able to get at least 30 naira back if I'm not going to get 50 naira. But you see, the heavy lifting Nigeria's in this, uh, on, on the bank and on bank need is not the money that you're going to reap tomorrow. It's going to take years and years of sowing, watering the seed, you know, digging up the ground. It's going to take years and years. Nobody wants to do that. So everybody is looking for the safe products. Now, if you think about it, there are so many products banks have released that were good, but because it didn't gain traction, they shut it down. Mm. We won't keep pumping money into something that is not generating income. But leave it on the market. Let it continue to be there. So good, let, me tell you, let me tell you the major difference between our bar and every single PFA in the world. <laughs> I'm not even just saying Nigeria in the world. World, wow, okay is that we explain what you are even putting your money into. You know, you know how ridiculous what I just said sounds? <laughs> that we explain what you put your money into. That's how simple it is. You know, because a pension is, if I'm working in the 95, is the HR person that says we, my pension fund is. Is the HR person. So the pension fund goes to the HR, convinces the HR, the HR signs up everybody in the company. But as a self-employed person, there's no HR. I have to agree that I want to put my money with you. Now, why am I going to put my money with you for the next 20, 30 years? And I'm not going to collect it? Mm. Come on. 
tell me another thing, even if it is jazz. <laughs> wow. Now, the person who is selling this product thinks there's no way to convince this person. But there is. Explain to the person, elevate the person's financial understanding to where the person realizes how important it is to have financial uh, a financial plan towards their retirement. Because if there's any time you need money most in your life is when you retire. When you don't have the power to hustle anymore, your health would have deteriorated. You will probably need to have the best, best health care. That is when you will not be able to eat anything anymore. The doctor says you can't eat uh, salt. You can't eat beef. You, you must eat a certain kind of fish. You know, that is expensive. Expensive lifestyle. <laughs> you know, that is when you need money the most. And this is simple logic. But the problem is, I'm not going to, I'm, going, I'm not going to spend money explaining this to these guys. Why? So what would the banks rather do? To them, it pays them to get a, and I, and I don't say this as any slight to him, to an Olamide, for instance, to come and say, ah, you know, use so, so, so bank, you know, just open a bank account and you, hey, move the go. Yeah. You, you might, you you might win, you might win, you might win a Toyota. <laughs> you might win a <laughs> You know, it's not, they've not educated them. They've not done anything. They've not improved them. They've just sold a buzz to them that will wither away. But all they need is the metrics of people who have opened more bank accounts so they can say they won with that campaign. End of story. But the real work gets you the real money. Because if I educate you and I tell you, yo, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, there is obviously the possibility that you might not use my product, right? But if I sell to 30 people, the chances are that half of them will sign up for me. So at least I know that the half of conversions are going to come to me. And those conversions, after I've converted them, it's easier for them to continue paying because they understand why they should continue paying. Paying. <laughs> yeah. I don't now have to come with promos every three months. Yeah. Hey, there's something, something bank promo. Save up to 50,000 Naira every month and you will win a jet car. It is something, something <laughs> promo to back. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason why they do that, rubbish. Because they know the people who are saving with them don't know why they are saving with them. <laughs> so wow. you're incentivizing them to bring their money, tempting them, lying to them because you are going to pre-select people who are going to win it anyways. So for me, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, so when I created, when I journeyed into our bar, the first thing was people should know why they should save for their retirement. Yeah. But I quickly realized people don't care. People just want now. Now. They just want to survive. Man, now. retirement is far. It's far. Do you bro. know how retirement uh, is far? Man, it's long. It's long. <laughs> long, bro. That's far, man. I might be dead by then. <laughs> That's you know? how far retirement is. Who cares about retirement? But our job has simply been to make it vivid. We're... we're you know, we're, we're, we're coming out with some things 
in the near future, we're ruling them out. You know, unfortunately, technology is not like brain power. Technology you have to build upon build. Left to me, the product I have is you know the things you want to ready. roll out. It's ready. It's ready. <laughs> it's ready to go. But the technology to do it is coming bit upon bit. So uh, our app is coming out in in a couple of weeks, and that will be the first layer. Immediately that app the app comes out. The version two is ready because the product for the version two, all the partnerships are set up. It's just for us to do that. Okay. I realized quickly some things. Hmm. People, money is good. Money is good. It's a fantastic concept. Yeah. But I think I asked myself the five whys one particular day. Why do people want money? <laughs> yeah. And I said, because they want to buy stuff. Why do they want to buy stuff? Well, so that they can have those stuff. Hmm. I, this this looks like a very stupid line of thought, but just just bear with me. Yeah, no, no. But why do they want, why do they want to have those stuff? Because I, I mean, think about it. How many of the stuff that we have do we really use? Um, well, because they want to show other people those stuff. <laughs> but but why do they want to show other people those stuff? Well, because they want to let other people believe they're better. And I just. It just made sense to me why selling a pension product on just the basis of it being a pension product will never sell. Because there is no incentive for me to save for retirement. What? What? How do I brag about a retirement product? How do I pepper them? You get, how do I show off my retirement product? How do I say, yo... I just save money like yo. I just I just save. <laughs> it doesn't help me. I can brag with piggy piggy vest. Mm. You know, piggy vest is like the, the fun thing in town. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I you know, my it. piggy vest. You know, you can say you, you, you see people tweet about it from time to time. You know, hey, you know, I just check my piggy vest account, uh, balance and yeah. my heart. <laughs> Understand human psychology there. It's not the money that's really making them. It's the ability to brag about it. Mm. So it kind of shows you that people don't care about their future as much as they should. So you have to do two things. One, make the future as vivid as possible. That it could also be you. That it could end up in that poor state but also make it a lifestyle, make it something useful, make it something around their lives, build it around their day to day. You have children, but you have, have you got children abroad? You know, you could go visit them on your own, instead of depending on them, you could go on holidays. You know, you have to, you have to sell that dream. Mm. And that is, that is what we, we decided, you know, but I also realized that you have to really care about these people to think this deep about it. You know, because you, you think about, all oh, you just are thinking about is gimmicks, marketing plans. So what should we do? Should we call Olamide or should we call uh, Whiskey? Who should we, who should, uh, or, or Yabojo, who should we get to do this promo? And once we do that, we know we're going to get signups. We know, but the signups are going to churn. 
then we now have to start doing it again and start another. Who okay now we've done the other Joe. Who should we do now? You know, should we get should we get RMD since it's like <laughs> RMD is like you, you, know, know, you know if it does that is deep voice something indeed when your money is uh, yeah ah, let's do like RMD with let's, this top top head phone eh? <laughs> that money spending teaching people you won't have to do any more publicity on them for life they now understand the products are there anyways there's nothing you're going to look for on the internet that is not there but you have to put them on the part to start with let them even start chasing the money the conversations themselves and start thinking yay see i've wasted my life you know on i, I don't have any money i really don't have any money hmm. you know i want to blow yes what if i don't blow you know what if i don't blow <laughs> is the musicians i i, I have a, a a bigger passion for yeah artists and things like that they, they get very big they make a lot of money and after that they have nothing to fall back on and they all start living very average life so just turn to yahoo sad man it's sad, sad. but these are the conversations why don't you have a, a financial plan for your life? Why don't you have money conversations? But you see, the banks don't do that. Even the banks would hire these guys to come and sell the product. And the guy himself doesn't use the product. You see how, you see how the, how the, see the irony in it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's I, think, crazy. I, think, I, think, I think the thing with Nigeria is just about being cool, isn't it? And, and that, that is such... That is such uh, an insightful thing that you've just said because one of the things I've noticed with Nigeria, like not just from uh, a product point of view, but from a policy point of view, but it will, we will overshot our time already, so we should be running. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should, so we should be running up. <laughs> no, we definitely, we definitely having you back we on the show. Parts, yeah. Definitely having you back. Um, but I just wanted to say something. One thing that that struck me from what you said is design. Is is a product design and policy as and also policy design it's an example for our policy makers really because in nigeria mm -hmm. when, when we design policies we don't design it to incentive for the people right? yeah we don't design mm -hmm. it to get people to do what we want them to do we design it to either mandate them to do it but if you design a policy and you put incentives that get people to do what you want them to do give them incentive let it be that you know it's something to brag yeah. about it's something to be proud of people will do it on their own you will, have, you, will yeah. spend, you will spend less manpower. always very always very short-term targets or very shallow targets not stuff that can sustain itself very academic period of not sustainable solutions basically yeah very it's, it's, it's unfortunate it's unfortunate um I've I've always thought I, I I can't go into politics because they won't like me. Um, <laughs> I remember that I was in a in a meeting. I, I think I've shared this this story many times. And it was when we went into recession the last time, and I was still very at the core of my economics journey. Yeah. Um, so there was a government uh, conversation where the government called a few economists to create the economic growth and recovery plan that document that you all heard about, ERGP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I was in the room and, um, and you know, I went there with a lot of hope and belief. I was like, yes, we're gonna fix Nigeria. Let's go. 
It's going to do this. You know, I was hearing that, uh, oh, they're going to pay for your tickets and it's going to be Esther Coden. I was like, yo, yeah, I'm coming. Oh, I, I, I'm already on my way to the airport right now. Like, let's go. You know, me, I don't need the money. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. You know? And I kind of realized why they were paying for everything. So when we got into the room, the first question was, what's going to be our target for GDP for end of 2019? Remember that at this point when recession and we're at minus 2% GDP? Hmm. And one of the most famous economists in Nigeria was the one that answered and said 7%. You know when you're, you're the youngest economist in the room and you feel you're not going to say anything? And you, you thought you were just going to watch the gurus, yeah. you know, do their thing and you're just going to listen. I was at the other side of the room and I shouted, how? I said, you know when something hits you, are you, is. Is you expect it? <laughs> you, you should have decorum because, I mean, all these people are like government officials, you know, senior economists. I was like, how? How do we go from minus two to seven? We've never even done seven before. And then we started this back and forth and me and the chairman of one bank started it back and forth. And that day I, I lost respect for all of them. Because <laughs> I kind of lost, I just realized they didn't know as much as I thought they did. Um, wow. <laughs> the chairman of a, I said chairman, not MDO, chairman of a bank. Um, but by the time I left the room that day, we just spent the day arguing. We didn't move forward that day. We didn't do anything because of me. <laughs> wow. We were arguing from beginning to end. I argued with every point. I couldn't believe they were thinking that way. You know, it's those kind of things that you see on Twitter. And you're wondering who thought of this thing. It's the very intelligent people. <laughs> wow. You would just believe we <laughs> we were arguing for hours. I said, "What? How can you say this?" Then we go to the next point. I, you know, after one point, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's me that doesn't understand this one. Yeah. Let's go to the next point. Then the next point, we start argument again. I'm like, no. This doesn't make sense. What's going on? <laughs> we were talking about uh, refineries of NMPC then. And when we just started the conversation, I was like, you guys, my thoughts are simple on this. The country should sell these refineries. Somebody that was a representative from the NMPC was like, know that they have investors lined up to invest in the refineries. I'm like, yo, those refineries are older than me. Who is going to invest in archaic technology? I mean, it's and the world is, to be and, the, and, the, and the world is moving fast away from crude oil. As well. get when are we? No, no, even to... even even the even even leave the fact that the world is moving fast away from technology. It's it's the fact that technology is just such a. So um, I went to Boa Cement's okay, okay. opening, uh, their cement launch opening in Okbala. Um, They have a three million ton cement plant there. Now, the amazing thing about this 3 million ton plant is that there's one humongous entity on one side of a big sparse of land um, that was the one we're launching. So that's 1.5 million megaton, um, metric tons. 
And then there's something on the side that looked like it's car park. So I was talking to the guys and I was like, yo, when are you guys going to start building the second phase? They were like, they've built it. It's just that they want to launch this first before they launch the second one. So I was like, where is it? It's like, that is it. They have the same exact capacity, but one was far, far ahead in so terms of technology. Yeah. So it was much smaller. So much more, much more smaller and still did the same capacity in terms of cement production. Wow. So imagine a refinery that was built before I was born. <laughs> before I was born. And then a cement, a, 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 a refinery that will be created today. You know that in terms of efficiency, I mean, Aliko Dangote's uh, refinery just shows you that yeah. single one is all the ones we have in Nigeria combined, and it's even yeah. producing far more. And that's just one. We have one in Kaduna, we have one in, uh, we, we have four across the country, Abi. Yeah, yeah, well, I think Wari, Wari, that single Aliko. Yeah. That single Aliko's own yeah. is the installed capacity of all of them, but all of them are doing 50% capacity. Just think about the difference. So when I was having this conversation with this guy, I couldn't believe that anybody would tell me that somebody was bringing investors. But you see, at this point, I can't tell him he's lying because he came to a high-level delegation meeting and said, investors are coming. So I was like, Okay. Next topic. <laughs> wow. By the time the point, by the time the uh, economic growth and recovery document came out, I wasn't shocked that it failed. I knew it was going to fail before it was released. I, I knew it was going to fail right there on the deliberation table. And I was telling every one of them. Makes sense. Wow. <laughs> well, well. Uh, on that note, then I think, um, yeah, we'll bring we'll bring we'll, we'll we'll bring this to a close. But listen, it was an amazing, amazing session. Yeah, it was a fantastic session. Yeah, you definitely have to promise now that when we call you again, I know, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know I know you are I know you are getting busier, and we will we will. You know what? I'll walk. I'll walk around you. Even if you can, if you can't do a Sunday, no, Allah, no, Allah. we'll walk around you. No, but you have to. You have to come back again because this this was I will, amazing. I will. This I will. Amazing. It was a great session. I will. I will. Thank I you will. so much. Thank you, so much. Thank you very much, Sunji. Thank you very very much. Thank you. So I appreciate much. you guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. everybody that is uh, going to watch this or watching this. Uh, thank you very much for for also watching. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And that's. Yeah. Uh, finished from me now um uh jibril and tunji uh thank you so much everyone 